0: Welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Presented by Points Bet. Use promo code C. HGO. When you sign up to get tourist bets, up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me is the full CHGO White Sox crew. We got Vinnie Duber on the far left. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinnie Duber. And the man in the middle is Herb Lawrence. Hello! You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall 23 He is the CHGO White Sox community leader, we are joining you after a White Sox loss. Mm -hmm. The White Sox lose in ten innings, three to two to the
1: Tigers. Herb, how you feeling? Feeling terrible. The White Sox really didn't show up offensively. I mean, Matt Manning was part of that. He was pretty decent. I don't think he was extraordinary, but the White Sox couldn't see him too tough. Lucas Giolito, while not a good outing, he gave the team a chance to win this game, but. Too far, uh, too little people hitting balls. Like, Alessandres pretty much carried the offense. I think he got three hits today. Everybody else with uh, Singletons, if they did get hits. So it was very sad to see the offensive input, output they had yesterday in Cleveland to the offensive input, uh, output they had today in Detroit. They're all must-win games, so these wins, these losses hurt a little bit more. Detroit's only had two wins versus the White Sox in Detroit, both crushing defeats. By the Detroit Tigers over the White Sox, the opening day, and then today,
0: you did this, Vinny. You, I I you, did what? You you cursed the team. You were like, "Oh really? yeah, Liam Hendricks on the mound." Uh, I remember last time him and Javi Baez what faced happened? off. You jinxed. I'm just saying, It was it all did. my fault. It, it wasn't Javi was Baez. They radio
2: They radioed. Sean immediately got on the it's, horn to the Tigers. They're like, "All right, this is it." I'm just saying. Um, We got Herbie Larusso over here today, whose entire mood is dictated by whether the White Sox win or lose. Oh, Uh, (laughs) that's always that way. So you guys have more in common than you'd think.
1: Uh, But um, him are tight.
2: But everything else you said was correct. (laughs) Yeah, man, this offense. Mm -mm. We 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 saw it a lot for the first five months of the season. Haven't seen it too much over the last couple of weeks. Uh, But man, it was back with a force tonight. Uh, Nobody hit. Nobody hit. I mean, hey, you guys can complain about Lucas Giolito all you want. You can complain about Liam Hendricks all you want. You'd be wrong. He was fine. He got two outs. But uh, you can complain about any number of other things that you'd like. The number one thing,
0: they didn't hit the GD ball. Well, and the number 28th thing, 27th thing, how many men are on the roster now? 28th. 20, yeah. The 28th thing that you wouldn't complain about is Elvis Andres at this point, who went yeah. three for five. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the one guy that you really can't look at and be like, what are you doing right now? Um, Clark recently brought up uh, in our comments – you know, what, what has changed with the White Sox over the past two weeks? And I looked at, like, you know, are they not chasing as much? Are they hitting less ground balls? No. No. They were just literally hitting more home runs. So, if they're not hitting home runs, like tonight... They're probably going to lose. Well, yeah, but some hits would have
2: been fine as oh, well. Yeah. Their it's usual true.
0: singles barrage probably would have yielded
2: more than two runs, uh, you know. And and those two runs they got were on an extremely clutch hit by Jose Abreu, I believe, with two outs. Yep. Um, you know, they finally got a couple of teams on or a couple of guys on base at the same time, and and Abreu cashed him in. It felt like 2020 all over again with a with right. a clutch knock from uh, from Jose, but. You know they needed far more of those kind of situations, and they just had none to speak of. I mean, it's one thing to do what they do, uh, what they had done frequently throughout the season, which was get a bunch of guys on base and then come up empty. Tonight, they didn't even have the guys on base, and the offense was just nowhere to be found tonight against a team that they should beat. Right. Uh, it is a, you know, we we heard we talked, uh, you know, whether it was yesterday or in the pregame today, you know, you're expect you're hoping for two out of three here, and you can be realistic and hope for that, sure, but. The White Sox have the mentality that they're going to go in and win every game. And when you look at the matchups on paper, they should win every game in this series because the Tigers are really bad. Bad. And so to let a game against this caliber of team get away on a night when the Guardians look like a playoff team making a sensational comeback and winning in a thrilling fashion uh, in Cleveland over the Minnesota Twins, it's a big missed opportunity for the White Sox because you have this... "Quote unquote easy game." I know they nobody on the team or no, you know the manager, be it be it Tony or Miguel, are not going to say, "Oh, we think this guy, these guys are easy, and we're overlooking these guys." But this is the opportunity you got to make up ground to to yep. to uh, catch. Heck, they could catch the 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 Guardians here if yeah. they were to sweep and the Guardians were to fall apart against the Twins. That's not what happened on on this Friday night, and uh, an opportunity very much by
1: the boards for the White Sox. And the thing is. The Tigers played worse than the White Sox. Javi Baez for all the offensive exploits. The going home, I don't too much um, disagree with it, but he was out by a good margin on the uh, called third strike. Spencer Torkelson, what what is he doing? He was the one who struck out there. It's a drop third, and that ball goes pretty much halfway to first. If he shows any type of hustle, he makes it to first and maybe Javi doesn't come home maybe he does or, sure. or but what? Spencer gets in the way of of yeah. Joe Kelly or gets in the way of Yasmani Grandal there's a lot of things they Javi made two airs himself and Spencer made an what should have been an air where AJ Pollock turned to the left after he made a after Javi made his air they could have tagged AJ Pollock there it was a lot of bad play by Detroit and the White Sox still lost that game Let's set this up a bit more, uh, yeah. just
0: because we're jumping in and okay. just getting all of our feelings out at one point. Uh, we'll pick it up in the seventh uh, or a- eighth inning, so you know Herb can you know immediately start talking about this uh, as fast as he can. The White Sox let Matt Manning pitch all over him. Uh, seven gotcha. innings tonight. He was fantastic. We'll go a little bit more in depth on why he was good, but Joe Jimenez uh, comes out for the Tigers in the top of the eighth, and the White Sox start to find some life. Grandal flied out to uh, left to start the inning. Then Josh Harrison doubled down the left field line. Uh, he revved up those engines, uh, high-stepped a little bit on his old team. Then Elvis Andrews reached on an, an infield single to third base. They originally ruled it as an error even though it was just a hot shot to the third baseman yep. um it was it was a fairly you know fairly hard play to make there uh, at third base he was hit pretty much right too i mean he had to step two steps to his right right but i mean Ellis and he booted smacked it smacked it um and then moncada fouled out to first um which was a crazy play where Spe- spencer torkelson goes into the white Sox dugout flips over the banister and leary garcia pulls him out of the dugout, basically, it just prevents him pr- from pants. falling into yes. the dugout. Is what he Head did. First. Yeah, right. Yeah. So let's have a quick discussion about sportsmanship. Very quick. you can be very uh, quick.
1: Len Casper jokingly said, "Let him fall." I would be fine with it. No, you have to be a human. You see a man in danger. Like, what are we? Guide doing? To- that's, a, that's, a, that's a big, huge fall down there. Yes, you're second and third. You get a, the advance of runners if he goes in the dugout, but also. Spencer Torkelson might be in grave danger there. He he was just catching the ball and then he went head first. And Lurie grabbed him by the belt, made sure he didn't go down there. I applaud Lurie for that. And yes, you could say that the team comes before him, but no human moments come before anything else. And I, you know, I would never say to somebody, "Let him fall in." Now, if he's just falling in and he might have a little injury, cool. But when he's going head first, you gotta you gotta save him from doing that. Give Larry Garcia a Profile encourage Courage Award. That's what I have to say. Damn. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> uh, so,
0: Larry Garcia saved Spencer Torkelson from death. death. <laughs> um, Josh Harrison did advance to third on the play. So, Sox had runners at first and third. And then Jose Abreu doubled down the line again in left. Andrews scored from first. Harrison scored easily from third. Elvis Andrews had a fantastic night. Um, He was running all over the place. He had a stolen base. Um, He advanced on a very tight play on a sacrifice fly earlier. Again, he went three for five today. He said we need to make a statement game on Thursday. He played great on Thursday, and he was the one Sox hitter to show up today. He was fantastic on the base paths. He was fantastic with the bat today. So I just want to give uh, extra love to Elvis.
2: Well, I'll say two things. First of all, extra even more love to Elvis. That in the ninth inning there, when or in the tenth inning rather, when he gathered the infield on the mound to 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 go out and, and have some sort of uh, you know meeting there with uh, uh, while Liam Hendricks was pitching, guys on base, he kind of took. Charge of the infield there, and yeah, shortstop's probably supposed to do that a lot of the times, but it's a veteran guy making a veteran move right there. Good for him. That's that's the kind of thing when all these people line up and say, oh my God, El- Elvis is sparking the team. Elvis is doing this. Yeah, right. that's the kind of thing that, that you might not have seen or you wouldn't have seen from you know certain guys when, when this was happening all through the first five months of the season. That's a good move by it's, him.
0: It's veteran leadership, and he's not afraid. Like he's been right. in that dugout for what twenty six games now. This yeah. is twenty six game. He's not afraid. He's not you know bowing out to anybody. Jose Abreu has been on that infield longer than he has. Um, he's not afraid. I think it's you know fantastic to know. That. Absolutely. And then the other thing I would say was about that inning
2: where he's running the bases. That was his th- second, third time on base, I believe already. Mm-hmm. He's at first base. He steals second, and then he goes to third, like you said, on that pretty medium depth fly ball to center field uh maybe not the smartest base running move but the aggression in the in the situation has to be applauded because well, I, I go back to earlier in the season and and this is something that wasn't a, was a negative for a lot of people when uh you know Joe McEwing sends a runner home from from third base and sends him home to score and thrown out at the plate and what does Tony La Russa say not scoring any runs. He's right. got to do something. We got to do something, right? Elvis Andrews taking it upon himself to try to do something because the White Sox offense was dead for the majority of this evening, and he almost he was the tying run at that point. It was only one nothing at that point. Yep. He would have tied the game had he be able to come home from third base.
0: Well, we're going to jump a little bit now. I mean, it, it kind of goes into this discussion. Like, I mean, that's the one thing the White Sox haven't been able to do. I mean, you look at extra base taken uh, percentage. Like, the White Sox are, are well below league average. I mean, they just don't have the speed. Um, they really just don't have the base running acumen is what we've seen from this White Sox team. Um, they do are, are, are able to tie up the game in the top of the eighth with that Abreu double. Uh, then Jimenez grounded out to end the inning. Uh, but then Javi Baez to center. And basically talking about that extra base ta- taken uh, moment, Baez basically singles up the middle, and then AJ Pollock in center field just doesn't have the arm to deliver it accurately and strong enough. Where you could have gotten Baez at second there, and that's where the White Sox, again, if they make it to the postseason, are going to lack yep. against teams against the like the Astros or Yankees or Guardians, as we've seen. Like that's what scares me about the next three games against the Guardians is you know Andres Jimenez can do that. Jose Ramirez can do that. Um, it's just very scary that the White Sox really haven't been able to figure this out. And Luis Roberts wrist injury prevents him from being the one out in center field where he probably makes a little bit more of an accurate um, and athletic play there. So it's just frustrating seeing that come back. And even if we want to jump to the 10th inning, um, I know it didn't matter in the long run because again, that the, the actual base runner doesn't score. Um, but Liam Hendricks fielding the bunt and then throwing a
1: slider over to yeah, first base. Yeah. Um, the defense is just a killer for the Sox yeah. and has been all year. And Steve even put it up there where you're talking about the javi bias double there the pitch was terrible i mean yeah. joe kelly was performing well before that i've said it time and time again javi bias has walked 25 times this year and lucas giolito contributed to the 25th today you don't have to get him out in the zone Prefer- preferably don't pitch him any pitches in the zone it was a high slider 91 miles per hour We've seen Javi Baez for all the years he was here with the Chicago Cubs. The one thing you can hit is a fastball, and another thing you can hit is a mistake slider or changeup or curveball in the zone. So, 91, it probably wasn't where Joe Kelly wanted it elevated up in the zone, but you can't make the mistakes to Javi Bias. You're going to miss, miss outside. He will swing at it. Like his career has shown you that he'll swing at anything, especially, uh, velocity that is elevated and, uh, sliders that are outside the strike zone. So it was not a great pitch. He didn't execute his pitch. I'm sure he was mad at himself. Eventually he, uh, rectified the situation. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Uh, I do see some people saying the season's
0: over. Um, one of them's a Cubs fan. So I'm just going to ignore Shane right now. Cause uh, I, I just see him consistently in the, uh, CHGO Cubs chat. So I just know he's a uh, in the bear here. Uh, but even Matt Farrington down there saying season's toast. Tonight, tonight was the final straw. Not really. Not at all. Um, Dave Brees is right. Uh, backs against the wall when this team will play tomorrow. If they win on Saturday, if they win on Sunday, um, they'll be fine. They'll still be keeping, you know, treading that water. The White Sox then have three games on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday against the Guardians. If they're able to take care of business in that series, series the season's – Back on, right? We, we, we can't just keep turning the lights back on and off, right? You know, the, the Guardians was that must-win game. They can afford to, you know, quote-unquote, lose this game.
2: You're not, you're not wrong, 100%, right? Math is math. Uh, the problem is, you know, they can't – you called it, I believe, in the, whether it was last, yesterday or in the pregame show, you called this series a tune-up. It's not what it is. Series are, this series is game three games that count, and, and the Guardians are playing a team that plays them tough – I, I think we saw we had the Guardians Twins game on the other TV yep. and we saw them put up a stat that says every game the Guardians has won against the Twins this year has been three three runs or fewer. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: That, seven, I mean seven one run wins. That for the Guardians.
2: is that is that goes to show you that not only are the Guardians good at winning that kind of game, but the Twins play them tough. Yep. And 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 that does and that should go to show you that the the Guardians are not going to just plow their way through this weekend, this five game series this weekend. The, the the Sox need to win these games yes. in Detroit. They got too much. Mo- they 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 blew an opportunity today uh, with the offense going to sleep against a bad team. The offense needs to come to play the next two days because they have an opportunity to change this deficit in the in the in the standings to make their lives easier when Cleveland comes to town next week. And so far, they haven't done
1: that. And I understand the the thought of man, the season's over. But like, how many times have you said that? How many times have we said that this year? And then literally the next day, Colorado, we were like, oh, man, season's over yeah. after he lost on Wednesday. The next day you go to Cleveland and whoop them. And then today, season's over again. Tomorrow, I guarantee. It's a five ten 10 start, I believe, central time. At about 8-10, you'd be like, man, Sox are great, man. We're, we're back. And then you could have Cleveland Guardians losing two games tomorrow to the Minnesota Twins. Not very likely because they have Shane Bieber going on the bump and two guys you, you never heard of from the Minnesota Twins going <laughs> to the bump for them. And uh, Connor Pilkington, former White Sox great uh, farmhand, and then ICAP for the Cleveland Guardians. Tomorrow you can be feeling awesome. So I get the emotions tonight, and it was a terrible loss. You lose to the Tigers. But you win two games this weekend. You have Johnny Cueto going to the bump tomorrow night, and then you have Michael Kopech going to the bump on um, uh, Sunday morning. You can win those two games easily just by those two guys pitching well and the White Sox giving you the two runs they gave you tonight. And Matt Farrington saying great teams win those games. White, the White yeah, Sox aren't great. No, ex- yo, that that great like, team stuff is gone out the window. Long gone. They're not even a good team. I, I they're mean, a mediocre team and that's, that's 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 could be good enough to win this division. They're an
0: uninspiring team in the AL Central that the GM did not add to at the trade deadline. I mean like
1: they're they're clearly not well, a eventually did. great team. Yeah, after the biggest Elvis Andres. So I gotta give him credit man. From the, charity baby. from Oakland. Hey, man. That's charity from hey, Oakland. Hey, if he didn't get him, we <laughs> would be off. here Mf and recon, but I gotta give him credit. When he does things, give him credit. He did a great job right there with Alessandres. No, what's with the face? He, no, what's with the face? Let's go to the joke. Hey color. man,
0: Javi, Javi. i sp- <laughs> sp- i think I've sp- said my, my piece about that. I, hey I mean, man, I'm not like- the biggest recon fan, but.
1: Credit where it's too. It's good. It's a good move. You're, hey, two things can be true. It's, it's You're allowed wh- to
2: blow the trade deadline and pick up some guy off the scrap heap, and it turns out to be good.
1: Yeah, it's not the scrap heap
0: though. I mean, what like mean it's not I, the it scrap, scrap heap. heap. <laughs> they cut him. They DFA'd him. They're they, the worst they team cut in the him. league. He's, he said, "Please <laughs> release me. I want more playing time." Right. That's the scrap heap. Anybody could have picked him up. How is it anyone, a scrap heap? Anyone could have picked August him up. And it, it, it was it. the perfect scenario for him. They had a starting shortstop job open for him. It was the place that he wanted to yes. go, and it was the place that needed him the most. That, it was just a perfect scenario. Remember,
1: we had an open second base job. You've got to make the and, layups. And it's fair. We, we had an, fair, an open, open second, second fair, base job, but it's, <laughs> it's still a layup. And we had we, an open right field job. Michael
0: Jordan's not the greatest basketball player of all time because he made the layups. Yeah. What, did we say that Rick Hahn was the greatest no, GM in history? No, but I'm just saying like yeah. I mean like anyone can do that. Like Sure. And I, he did it. I, good good job.
1: Uh, yes. <laughs> but I'm saying, Sean, like we'll get on. You got to make those. Like Yeah, I, I yes. Know. And that's what I'm saying. Like if he didn't make that, we all would have been like this motherfucker ain't shit. I got to give you him, him credit. You've been watching Romy Gonzalez I mean, play shortstop right. for well, the I last mean, two we, weeks. We wouldn't be in this position
0: right now where we're even at this point saying the season's The season would have been over at
1: this point. And I'm saying he Rick Hahn is a a like a, a+ – General manager this year, I would give him a D. But for that move, that's an A plus move. I don't know. His two best moves have been Johnny Quato and Elvis
0: Andrews. Hey. Very, very good moves. Yeah. Right. But also like I'm looking at the other twenty nine GMs and saying, What why why did you do that? Like I just I question like why Johnny Cueto was available for so long and Elvis Andrews, why wasn't Elvis Andrews playing for Oakland? Well, because Oakland is just a Poorly
1: run franchise. Yeah, but I was—I just like I said, it's, and they're moving. It's, they're it's they're a good their city. It's a good move, and give him credit for that. And it yes, he did have bad stuff for the most part of this year. But uh, I gotta give Rick credit for that, Elvis. I didn't even want Elvis andres I was like, oh, that's just a name that people know. He's like, no, it would help us out. Even though Tim's hurt, I told it you it would help us out. I told you. Hey. yes, you did. You learned, You won him from the... You guitar. were, like,
2: treating him like he was Manny Machado. Oh, my God. you oh,
1: fell You almost fell down the goddamn <laughs> stairs before you he got here.
0: <laughs> I was excited. Um, all right, before we continue our discussion about tonight's game, I want to let you know this football season points bet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay bet on the next drive uh, to be a touchdown and cash out your live second half over bet with points bet you have access to more live football markets than ever before build the live same game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game including spreads totals player props and more choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with points bets lightning bet so whether you're on the move or on the couch do it live on points bet download the points bet app today and sign up with code chgo to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars if you are someone who has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and Referral services. I do uh, recommend checking them out tomorrow uh, for college football. They'll likely give you a free bet. That's not on, uh, you know, if they don't, you know, don't come blaming me, but that's just, you know, with a points bet power hour, usually uh, 12 to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. So, uh, users, if you're on the app in that area, you might get a free bet. So, you know, I'm just saying, uh, it's it's definitely worth downloading the app. For college football, don't they got to move it up to like 10 to 11? Maybe. I don't know. I don't run the, I don't again, I don't run the points. Some power it. hour. Uh I'll, I'll 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 talk to the people I know. Um you know these people though. I you do. used them. Wow. Game time. Love them. Oh, I you, used them too. You did? Yeah. Well, I got buy them f- tickets. for tomorrow, I
2: bought, uh some Red Stars tickets for tomorrow night. Nice. Look at that. Going down to Bridgeview. And did you get it? you
0: get a did you get a good deal? Sure. Yeah. Got a great deal. Yeah. All right. nice. First time going to Bridgeview, right? Uh, well, going to the actual park. First time I'll be in the in the park, right yeah, I was at a music
2: festival there a few weeks ago that was in the uh, like on the practice fields outside. Did you go to the day it got rained out? No, I went to the day that everybody got charged five grand for beers Ooh.
0: <laughs> Sounds fun that was uh, fun.
2: That was a fun call from Max the next morning.
0: game time doesn't control the beers uh, <laughs> they they don't control that, but they do control if you're going to get into the game and how low you're going to get into it, and uh, how low is the main part because they guarantee the lowest price herb. Bought tickets to Truist Park. Vinny, you bought tickets to the Red Stars game. And hey, if you see cheaper tickets, you could do what Herb did. Contact the people at game time and be like, hey, I found a cheaper ticket. And they'll guarantee your money hundred uh, for 110% back. Yep. Um, this is a app created by fans for the fans. And it guarantees the lowest price. You won't find a better deal this season on... Red Stars tickets, you won't find a better deal on Braves tickets. I don't know if we're talking about a lot of Braves fans, but when the Guardians come on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you won't find a better deal on Sox tickets in town.
1: And Wednesday, we're thinking about going oh, to the White Sox Guardians game. And I'm going to use the Game Time app with the, my $46 credit that I got from Game Time for the difference of the Braves tickets from a different website. It was that quick. 12 minutes later, after I sent the email with the proof that it was a lower price, they sent me my $46 credit. So me, Sean and I will be using that uh, credit to get tickets to the White Sox game. And I saw the tickets on Wednesday $1 is the lowest ticket right, right now. One what? single dollar and, and to get thing- into the ballpark. And we're not going to be sitting in no seats so... If you guys want to join us, you're welcome to join us. Well, and that's the thing too. Like you can get them
0: for one dollar up in the nosebleeds if you want to sit, and, you know, all the way by the kids' deck. We got but, to um, have good seats right now too. They have good seats for great prices. Um, I wanted the to go forty dollars ones in the gold box that day too. There you go. Um, one dollar. Yeah, one dollar. That's it. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I saw tickets. Just Chicago- sell a cup of lemonade and go to the Sox game. <laughs> you, you guys have gone to the Chicago Theater, right?
2: Yeah, no, I've never been there. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, my grandpa helped, or my great grandpa helped build it. That's cool
0: as hell. But I've never been there. You there. should, you should definitely you should take go. a tour. I you saw, should, you you should take a tour. Yeah, that that's well, we should plan a tour.
1: I saw Amos Lee and J, uh, Ray Lamontagne there. Very nice. Yeah, uh, I've seen and a couple. Bill Burr too.
0: Okay, I, I saw uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, Maniscalco. there. Oh. Um, John Mulaney there. I forget uh, a lot of different bands as well. Oh, um, dad's Pavement's a gonna be there, and like great seats <laughs> there on the first floor. Thirty two dollars for a pair. $16 each to see pavement? Well, I can't speak on pavement, but the Chicago oh. theaters' tickets
2: are usually very expensive. Right, so that's a so, good deal. Yeah. Um,
0: look in the description today, uh, whether it be in your podcast services or YouTube app. Download that GameTime app and join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, let's continue the talk here. Um, I guess I've just been, you know, really dragging out this ad read because I don't want to talk about this White Sox game. Um, Let's go to that Baez uh, at-bat again, just real quick, against Kelly. Um, Like you said, just not getting breaking balls low was the main issue uh, for Joe Kelly against Javi Baez here, but he was able to get the uh, breaking balls low against Spencer Torkelson. Uh, Just want to go and really hammer Torkelson on this one because it was so stupid a 3-2 count uh Kelly throws a knuckle curve in the left-handed batter's box Torkelson checks up and just turns around screams fuck throws his bat on the ground and pouts his way into the um the, the the third base dugout um buddy there's one out Run to first, yeah. Um, and then the ball, the ball ricochets off Yaz right back to Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly glove flips it, um, to Yaz, and they tags him right on the chest. Uh, nice tag, and and Baez's foot was just like an inch away from the plate. Like
2: Baez was like almost scored. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone's like, like they like, you had him slit. out
0: by a lot, but like
2: that goofy little mm-hmm. you know dance step that he was doing at home kind of almost worked.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. El magico. I just don't know, like what they're teaching up there in Detroit I know the White Sox do it often where they don't run after a drop third that was a wild wild pitch it I know you're mad and I know it's the emotions are running wild but you knew where you swung at the dead damn ball at. it was a left hander's batter's box he didn't catch it you swung that's a drop third strike run I don't know why AJ Hinch had him back out there in first base I know you know being punitive to players especially veterans is a bad thing but this is a rookie that they've sent down already because he wasn't hitting you got to send a message to this kid hey you've had a bad game a really bad game there you have to run that is a hard and fast rule for you specifically if you run there it doesn't matter if bias is thrown out yes it does it hurts it's a second out but at least you're on first and then also they have to make a decision you run there Maybe Joe Kelly's distracted by you running down the line and he doesn't get Javi and Javi comes home and slides like he usually does and does his magic. But that cost him a run dearly right there by the rookie not being heads up, understanding the situation, and letting his frustrations dictate what he did.
2: Or there's one out. Yeah. What if Spencer Torkelson runs to first base and gets tagged out? What if you know what I mean? What if Joe Kelly goes after him and then and Javi is sliding home and you know, that's, that could be the game right there. Yeah, you now, beat. they ended up winning 3-2, to two, so it doesn't, you know, in retrospect, it doesn't really matter. But a big play right there. That was a huge defensive play by the White Sox. They caught a break with Torkelson not running to first base. But even regardless, they they make the play that they need to make on Baez at home. Give Joe Kelly the credit there. Give Yaz the credit for getting the tag where he needed to get it. Uh you know, that at the at, in the moment, that play
0: was gigantic. Yeah, it was fun, too. Uh, top and bottom of the ninth, the Tigers and White Sox can't do anything in the top of the 10th. Uh, Luis Robert, pinch runner extraordinaire, runs for Yasmani Grandal, but he is stranded as Alec Lang strikes out the side. Harrison, Andrews, and Moncada, And then in the bottom of the 10th, Liam Hendricks comes in. Sebi Zavala is his catcher. Willie Castro sacrificed. Liam Hendricks threw a slider over to first. Uh, Kreider... Kreidler went to third. Castro stayed at first. Uh, then Green struck out swinging. It was a nice little battle between Riley Green and Liam Hendricks. He got him on a fastball swinging. And then uh, Reyes hit a sacrifice uh, fly to center to end that game 3-2. to two. Uh, We'll talk about Matt Manning in a bit. But um, not really Liam's fault. Really only one ball that left the uh, infield. And it's just that stupid Manfred E. Man rule uh,
1: coming back to bite <laughs> the Sun Manfred Man's earth band. But I <laughs> want to focus on the top of the 10th where – I know Lynn and Stoney were asking for a bunt there, and I'm anti-sacrifice, but especially in the top of the inning where you have to set the pace for the inning, the extra innings. You have professional hitters there, and uh, Alec Lang, yes, he has great stuff, but bat on ball is the minimum there for Josh Harrison. He pretty much got down on four swings or four balls. Then Elvis Andres works his way into a 3-1 count. Sean Anderson over here. Look for that curveball. Look for that curveball. Look for that curveball. I'm like, you can't look curveball in 3-1. What did some bitch throw? Curveball right down the middle. Elvis is looking at that, and I understand that. 3-1, you're looking fastball. Then, after that, on a 3-2 pitch, Lang throws a low but in the zone 97-mile-per-hour fastball and Elvis Andres is just looking at that one. I just don't understand what he was looking for there. Was he looking for the curveball again on a 3-2 count? If he goes that curveball again and gets it over, you just tip your cap. But right there, you should be looking for a fastball, a 97-mile-per-hour fastball. It strikes out. I don't know what he said to the umpire, but it hopefully wasn't like, was that a strike? Because it was a strike all day. Those two bats were really bad. And then Mancada swings at a ball in the dirt. You can't have three strikeouts when you have a runner at second. At very minimum, the first two batters failed, and I'd give a little leeway to Mancada. but also you got to pick your teammates up right there for not driving in the run, not even advancing Luis Robert. He didn't have any, any exercise today. He's like, guys, I feel great today. I did my job. You guys didn't do yours. It was just so sad to see another runner stay right exactly where he was when he started that inning off.
0: Yeah, frustrating. Uh, White Sox went 2 of 12 with uh, runners in scoring position. It's not good. Uh, they left 7 on base, so 6 hits. Uh, they didn't have many guys on base to strand, uh, but it felt like if they had 11 base runners on base, they probably would have stranded 11. It uh, just didn't feel like uh, uh, one of those nights for the Sox. Um, I did see Chi-Town fanboys saying Manning was terrible, so many balls right down the middle and did nothing. Uh, it's the story of their season. Their story of their season is absolutely getting just toasted by no-name, right-handers. Uh, Matt Manning, pretty decent, uh, former first-round pick for the Tigers. Um, the fourth
2: Manning brother. He's the fourth
0: Manning brother. Uh, and I also love the notes on the White Sox broadcast about Archie
1: Manning being drafted by the Sox In back-to-back twice. years. In, they wanted in 70 they and wanted 71. Em. And he's like, nah, he knew the Sox were bad back then. He's like, I got this football thing. I'm going to give it a try. It my, my sons would be better than me, too. It
0: worked out a bit. Maybe my grandson would be thing. much better than
1: me. Hey, we'll see. <laughs> um,
0: but uh, now I'm off because it's Arch Manning. Oh, Matt Manning. Uh, fourth Manning. The fourth brother. Manning. Brother, Duh. Yeah. Um, I, I think people were probably expecting the White Sox to do well against Matt Manning because they had 10 hits off of him last time. Uh, Steven, if we could see Matt Manning's pitches from 8 13 2022, um, this was Matt Manning Oof, throwing elevated. balls all over the place. He was throwing them
1: very up in the zone against he spilled, the Sox.
2: He spilled a bunch of Skittles all over that <laughs> stretch. Spilled A zone.
1: bunch of Skittles. I wish it was a green apple one instead of a lime. Skittle draft? Uh, no. Love okay. the
2: tropical. I love the tropical.
0: And the, what's the purple one? Wildberry, I think. It's the purple one. I think it's w- Skittles.
1: Just wild the regular berry.
0: purple one in the regular mix? Yeah, Wildberry. Okay. Yeah, the
2: berry one. The berry like one's good. One. And the tropical, that's the light blue. Yeah. The tropical one's real good. I used to do Slurpee in
0: a bag of Skittles. Whew. Put the Skittles Sugar in the Slurpee? Rush. Hey, baby. You saw my <laughs> cereals. Um, <laughs> so let's go to Matt Manning real quick. Let's go to the 8 o'clock.
1: Let's go to 8 o'clock. Eighth month. Uh, no, The other one, sorry. Sean, you're gonna have to the say some words more. if you oh, want to. Oh, he has it. He has it up there it's on the <laughs> bottom, but you can't oh, see oh, it. Oh, you have it up there in yeah. August. Okay, sorry, I this just can't the... see it.
0: Um, all right, so in, as you could see, I can't see. There um, As you could see, uh, Matt Manning left a lot of balls up against the White Sox. In August, and that's why the White Sox had a lot of hits, Um, but then let's go to the one from today. Matt Manning did a fantastic job of not leaving balls up in the zone, and a lot of people saying, oh, it was in the middle of the plate. Well, the whole thing about sliders is they look like fastballs, and then they dart off, and fastballs, you know, you think they're going to dart off, and then, you know, the, the difference between it you know being 87 and 95 it just threw off Matt Manning did a great job he controlled the baseball he wanted to throw uh, he kept the ball low and he kept the ball where he wanted to 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 uh, be um, this is how you neutralize the socks and you don't walk them. Uh, He didn't give up any walks today, and he let the defense behind him play. Um, And for the most part, they did their job. A couple of errors behind him, but um, the White Sox get beat by guys like this. When guys like this command their pitches, they lose. That's always been the story. That's been the story no matter what. Um, When they're getting high up in the zone fastballs, they need to do damage against them. That's the mainly frustrating games is because, you know, that that those are the games that they should be doing damage against uh, those type of pitchers. Um, When a guy does this, you know, this is like a, a Daniel Lynch type of night. This is a Brady Singer type of night. Just got to tip your cap
1: because this guy was just good. I think so. I mean, I I have a hard time giving credit to a guy that was around the plate so much. He was in the, in the zone so much. Yes, he executed his pitchers, and he was working his slider off his fastball, so it could throw the White Sox timing off. But I think the White Sox were just – not executing what their plan was. To get only the hits from Elvis Andres for the most part early in the game was frustrating. He was the only one trying – not trying. He was the only one. He saw what the team was bringing to the team, and then he was like, okay, you're not going to be doing anything. I'm going to force the issue. Remember the time I think it was Tim Anderson in Kansas City. It might have been earlier this year. Got on first base, stole second base, stole third base, got home created a run by himself because he knew that this team needed him. Elvis Andres saw this team wasn't with it today, and it wasn't necessarily like, hey, we're not going to give effort because they're all out there trying and doing what they can, but I don't know if their plan was right. They saw what he did last time, and it was the balls were elevated, and I saw in the pitch track right there that they were a little lower, but you have to adjust to that within the game. Hey, guys, he's doing this, that, and the other. Share some information. Because Elvis Andres was not having any problems seeing him. Rocket shot in the first inning. Rocket shot when he came back up in the second inning or the third inning. And then, you know, three hits today. Got on base four times. The man was not having any troubles with uh, Matt Manning. Everybody else in the White Sox lineup, for the most part, couldn't see him. Hey, two things can be true. Matt Manning was doing a good job. He was doing the job that he needed to do.
2: And the White Sox were bad tonight. Mm-hmm. White Sox didn't make the adjustment, like you said. You know, listen, it, 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 if we spent the entire first five months of the season saying, man, the White Sox should be beating the Detroit Tigers or, or teams like them. You know, they did beat the Detroit Tigers for the most part, mm-hmm. but teams like the Royals and, and, and other teams that are bottom of the standings that they were struggling against. Now, certainly, that the White Sox are finally playing like the team we thought they were going to be, they should be able to beat these guys. This is, not, this is not a game that the White Sox, when they're playing well, should be putting up. They should not be putting up two runs and only a handful of hits against the Detroit Tigers. That's, that's the bottom line. And, and no matter what we're going to say about what Lucas could have done better, oh, Liam shouldn't have made a bad throw to first base, any, any number of those things, guess what they should have done? They should have knocked the ball around the yard in Detroit. Not only have they already done it when they were playing bad earlier in the season, but they definitely should do it when they're
1: playing like a more like the lineup that was expected. And Vinny said it like the pitching staff deserves zero blame today. Yeah. You could say Liam should have got him out of first, but things could have happened subsequently. If he does get him out, things are not linear. Things don't happen as they did when he does make that error. If he doesn't, doesn't make it Liam did well for himself. Yes. The throw was terrible, but he gave up an unearned run. A guy was on second. They got two damn runs. To blame anybody on the pitching staff is ridiculous to me, and the bullpen itself, with only the Jimmy Lambert home run given up, that was a good job. That was a really good job by the bullpen. Good job by good enough job by Lucas and a decent job by Liam Hendricks and Joe Kelly to get what they got. It's a tough day when you, your offense only gives you two runs. If you get two runs, you shouldn't win many games. But, but then again, Hendricks makes that play. There's two outs and that that There's sacrifice. One out. No, but. That if you get Castro, things not linear. It doesn't no, just continue. He, he bunted and was safe on the bunt. Yeah. There's one out.
2: Yeah, but what I'm saying, yeah. or there, yeah, there but would if, have been if one he, out. if he
1: makes that throw to first. That, yep. Then there's one out. Yes. Yeah. Then he gets Riley Green again. But but it's the space time continuum. Now you're in a different reality. <laughs> I right? guess you're in a different reality. The things don't continue here. Right. you you've didn't done. you watch season one of Loki? Sean, come exactly. on. Exactly. The, the things don't continue <laughs> no, the same way. I did not do that um
2: i'm re-watching it steven how about you uh, i'm not rewatching. watching i'll wait yeah. until season two comes out yeah
1: yeah yeah dorks yeah big time what's <laughs> that thing you were talking about today that the uh, the rogue one uh offshoot oh yeah out? the new star wars show that's coming out later this week mm. it looks pretty good i've heard they've been making a lot of good stuff at that disney place hmm. who some knew? good stuff who knew some not so good stuff they got a lot of money there you got a lot of my money in Disney. Well, i <laughs> tell
2: you what. Oh, Jesus.
1: We're doing, the, we're doing the Hawk stuff, so that means I must do a pins and aces read. Um, if you're a golf fanatic. Like, like the Hawk. Like, like Hawk the Hawkaroo. Is, you know he cr- uh, created the uh, batting glove? That's how I invented the batting glove. Mercy. I came off the 18. I just forgot I had it on. went up to bat. Crack. What is that, a Hawkaroo? Mercy, i tell you. It's my it's my golf swing. It's my golf glove. Able, able to grip the bat better? Able to grip a nice
2: bottle of off better, too. <laughs> Mercy.
0: Pins and Aces, the official golf <laughs> apparel partner of our Hawk uh, Harrelson yeah. impersonations <laughs> and of CHGO. Hawk loves his Pins and Aces gear and gets a ton of compliments on and off the course. Mercy. It it dance? They're a family-owned the golf and apparel business. Mercy. <laughs> and they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleep. It was like a
1: Hawk slash Mick Jagger there. It An really innovative.
2: was. <laughs> or the hands on the hips.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> An innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right in your golf bag and drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com and and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. Again, check out pinsandaces.com. Use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. Uh, Again, the beer sleeve, it holds seven beers. Even if you're not golfing, we know Chicagoans can figure out some use of a beer sleeve that holds seven beers.
1: It fits really nicely in your golf bag, too. There you go, seven days. Probably too. fits. You could replace your three wood and just put the uh, the beer sleeve in there. No one's going to know the difference.
0: Probably fits well in a backpack. Probably fits well in a purse if you got a big enough one. You know, probably just carry it around. Probably just carry it around. <laughs> Sling some beers around. All right. They <laughs> so head over to
1: David Snyder says you look smarter with the glasses, and Thank then you very much. I would say that. What Juan Hernandez's answer is, because you're the Sox Math winner four time. Sox Math winner. Looks like you know some math.
0: Four time. Hey, I got a calculator, friends. Uh, math is real easy when you just punch it into the
1: computer and it does when it you, for you. When you were a kid, copy and paste, my friends. In class, I know you got to finish the read. Did they no, allow you? Uh,
0: that's pinsandaces.com.
1: Did they allow you to take your Texas Instruments 83, 83. into te- into uh, doing homework and t- uh, test? Uh, it depended. You know, like the, uh, the graphing on the graphic calculator. Was.
0: Depend on what the they do not allow us to do that one was. I mean, like if you had to like, if they didn't want you to use the graphing part,
1: they probably would be like, like no, do it but. longhand. They they made us do it longhand all the time. We couldn't use our calculators. Like, what the hell were you made us buy this goddamn thing for? I, I feel like they
0: usually let me use the calculator because I remember using the calculator getting the. Test done with in, like, five minutes and then just playing Snake. Oh, yeah, we calculator. had the games on the calculator. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, that was the yeah. only thing. Sorry, Mom. I had, um,
2: the, bad, I had the, baseball, the baseball game on there. There was a baseball game? Oh, yeah. Baseball game? We had tons of games on the Jesus calculator. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I want the baseball game. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I that didn't sucks. have the internet in high school at all. God, I would. You didn't need
2: the internet for this. No. That's, that's disappointing,
1: Herb. Herb, oh. did you have to go to the library? All the time. Ooh. Dewey Decimal System, microfiche. <laughs> I knew all that stuff. What's still microfiche? Do. It's the uh, old stuff that's stored like old newspapers. Yeah, they still have it. And then you go and look at it small, and then it blows up on this old-ass screen mm-hmm. so you can read old, old-ass articles that they've archived. Absolutely. You're, you're not library
0: old. You're dial-up old, right? Are you talking to me? Yeah. I mean, I'm, sorry, I was looking at you.
2: Yeah, I mean, yes, but yeah, I mean, like I've I've been I've been in the uh like you've been in the been in the microfiche before. When okay. I was in college, I wrote a story about uh, there was a team a football one year the football team at Mizzou in like the late 1800s, you know, because college football is like old old as hell. Um, uh, went on a postseason tour of Mexico. Oof. And never came – well, they came back, but they oh. never came back when they were supposed to come back. Oh, oh. And so there were, I had to go read all these uh, newspaper clippings about the team in the, in the State Historical Society that was on campus from, like, 1893 or something. And it
1: was, like – the language they used back then was, was wild. Our Pidskin team went to Mexico. Yeah. And did not come back. Yeah, absolutely. Those scallywags. It was just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Scoundrels. Oh, boy. Oh, God. What do we make of this? This is coming
0: from uh, James Vegan of The Athletic. Uh, Davis Martin is in town. White Sox do not have a roster move to announce presently. This was at 9.55. Um, Not sure if it was due to Cueto, someone asked. Uh, But Cueto's still present in the locker room. And Jeff Cohen from uh, AAA, uh, who covers them for Future Sox, Uh, he pitched one inning and ten pitches on Thursday. So uh, Davis Martin has a fresh enough arm. I wonder why he's been called up.
1: I don't know. As long as Johnny Cueto and... Michael Kopeck are scheduled to start. I didn't see anything wrong with either of those two in their last two starts. They should be pitching. And the bullpen's been well rested this week, so I don't know why his presence is there. You know, you could just be here to get some experience. I don't know.
2: That's not entirely true though. Hmm? Both games in Colorado, starters only went five innings. Yeah, but that And was tonight more, Lucas went fewer than five innings. So that was more
1: because they ran out of pitches, right?
2: Well, right, but I'm just saying it's not like those guys went seven and they only needed two bullpen pitchers in those games. They needed
1: they've needed four Four bullpen arms, every, three of the last four days. But all those pitchers were different pitchers. The first game in Colorado was correct, yes. was the bad, the no bad, bad to back, the right, bad yeah. bullpen, bad bullpen, and or the good bullpen. And then the other day was the bad bullpen. But they all performed. They correct had no runs great. given. And then yeah. today was the first time they uh, got a run this week, I believe.
2: Yeah, I think that's yeah. Correct. The
1: bullpen's been pretty solid. Yeah, the
2: bullpen's been very good. But I guess my point. The only thing I would bring up when you talk about Davis Martin doesn't have to start.
1: Okay. Yeah,
0: right. yeah, that's that's it that is fair. Well, yeah. and I mean the last couple of times we've seen Davis Martin be used, he's been used with an opener. Or I mean the well, last, said, time. The last yeah, time we right, saw him, yeah. um, he's been he and used with
1: I don't know like if they are thinking that Michael Kopek has so many troubles in the first inning, maybe use Davis Martin in the first inning on Sunday, depending on the results on Saturday and how much bullpen they use, and just bring Michael Kopeck in for the second inning so he, you know, mentally thinks, Hey, this is the second inning. I'm out of the inning. That is my bugaboo.
2: Also, two guys, like, you know, they, I think the taxi squad is still a thing. Like, he might just be there just in case because they're on the road. You know what I mean? So, right. Davis
1: Martin just begged. He's like, I love Detroit. Can I go, guys? Please, 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 How please, big please? Is
0: the, the taxi squad. How old is the taxi squad? How big squad? is it? It's like two or three guys. Okay. Yeah. Do you know? Could you take a guess on who's on the taxi squad currently? Davis Martin, probably. No, usually you have
2: to have a catcher on it. Okay. If if but those were old rules. Those they those those rules came into effect during the pandemic season. Right. You know, because they didn't want to mix. They wanted those guys to be in in the bubble, so to speak. Um, not mingle with the AAA guys. Well, right. They didn't want right. to pull, be pulling them from all corners of the country. You know, they wanted them to to be in that bubble that they created for the teams. Um, but I believe it's still going on. So, you know, the last two years, I believe it's still been a thing. So gotcha. it could just be that uh, he happens to be spotted in the locker room and he's just there, just in case.
0: All right. Well, maybe Davis. Maybe you will see Davis Martin uh, in the rest of the series. Uh, oh. Let's <laughs> not talk about uh, the
1: game tomorrow. Wow. Herb.
2: Herb's <laughs> real anti-Davis Martin. I'm not
1: let's anti. Just if he's in the game, that means something went wrong. Well, I mean, the me. timing is kind of weird with another. Off down Monday too. Yeah, it's weird. Then
0: maybe he's like I said. Maybe he's maybe
2: just he's there just, just in case. Yeah. Guy in the bullpen. Guy in the bullpen gets hurt,
0: and maybe he's got nothing else to learn down in AAA. And maybe they just don't want to use his arm unless it's going to be in I mean, major, major league inning, time. Right? Maybe they're just shutting him down in the AAA season. You know, I don't know. Could be. I'm not too worried about it. Um, Saturday, we're gonna see Johnny Cueto versus uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, cool. and then on Sunday we'll have a pre-game show for you. Is it 10:30? Yes, 10:30. That's an Oof.
2: 11 Central start on Sunday yes. because of the uh, the football game.
0: Yeah, the, the football game, and then them being on the East Coast. So that's gonna be Kopech versus Drew Hutchison. We'll be previewing that one on Sunday for brunch you. Brunch with the boys. Uh, brunch with the boys at 10:30 a.m. Uh, for it Kopech rain this versus time. Hutchison.
1: Um, how you feeling against going up against uh, Eduardo Rodriguez? I was scared the first time the White Sox faced them, and they crushed them. So um, I believe that you know our lefty luck this year has not been with us as much. But it's time to eat. The White Sox have uh, an opportunity to grab a game like they should against the Detroit Tigers. Tigers didn't play well today. They had two errors, should have been credited with three, only scored three runs in 11 innings or in 10 innings. The White Sox should have won this game. If uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is the guy that the White Sox saw earlier, I see no problem with them defeating them. And Johnny Cueto, for the most part, except for a couple blips on the radar, has been a solid, solid pitcher.
0: Well, yeah, I want to bring this up. So Johnny Cueto's fastball, average fastball velocity on August 15th, 91.6. Then on the 20th, 90.2. Then on the 26th, 88.2. Then it was back up on September 1st to 91.1. Then on the 6th, it was down to 89.1, and then on the 11th, it was down to 88.8. So what do we make of this kind of dip in velocity that we've seen of Johnny Cueto? And, you know, does that mean, I mean, we've basically seen dip in velocity, bad results for Johnny Cueto. So the velocity kind of needs him uh, to be there for him to be effective.
2: Yeah, I think I said it after we, we talked about his last start. Long season. Long season, mm-hmm. lot of innings on that arm, and uh, a guy who didn't even really get a full real spring training. So uh, we saw guys run out of gas for this White Sox pitching staff last year. Uh, it is not surprising to see the uh, marathon of a season uh, have its effect, especially on a guy who has been uh, lauded for his longevity in games for basically the entire time that he's been in a White Sox uniform. So when you go six, seven, eight innings every time out, and that's a great thing. You're longing more innings, and you put more innings on that arm, and and maybe uh, it being here at the end of September, um, you know, running out of gas a little bit. But it it doesn't really matter because the Tigers have one of the worst offenses in baseball. All the White Sox got to do is score more than two runs. Mercy. And they might need to score more than three. I'm not saying that the Tigers are only going to score two, but you know what they need to do? They need to play a lot better than they did tonight. Those bats need to come alive, and if those bats come alive, they'll be fine.
0: Real quick, I want to talk about Lucas uh, just because he wasn't bad tonight. If you're thinking uh, Lucas is the reason they lost the game, he could have been better. Four and two-thirds innings for Lucas. Um, He wasn't great. 96 pitches over those uh, innings. Four hits, though. One unrun, three walks, five strikeouts. Um, And and I do want to look at the pitch mix here just because um, it shows that the stuff was decent uh 51 f- fastballs 22 uh changeups 19 sliders four curveballs um the fastball was pretty mediocre 24% uh, called strike plus whiffs um but you look at the changeup 55% that's huge uh 70% whiff rate 10 swings seven whiffs that's awesome from Lucas Giolito's changeup uh on his slider uh four whiffs on 11 strikes uh on 11 swings um he also got two called strikes so called strike plus whip percentage, 32%. Uh, MLB average, 27%. So the whole game, uh, he was at a called strike, plus whip percentage of 32. So that's very good from Lucas. Average exit velocity was 83.8. Um, 83. 83. So the big thing that just hurt him was control and, and not putting batters away. Kept a couple innings alive uh, with some walks and some two out walks. So uh, Lucas wasn't perfect. But again, like you said, Vinny, just got to score more runs. There's
2: only, one, there's only one number that I really look at when I look at all those stats from Lucas Giolito. That's the one earned run that he gave up. I mean, listen, the, the, the innings pitch obviously loomed big. He very badly, I'm sure, wanted to go seven innings tonight. He uh, was not able to do that by quite a significant margin. He's not going to be happy with those walks either, and that's what jacked the pitch count up, and that's what led to him coming out of this one pretty early. But he only gave up one run, and then the bullpen only gave up one earned run. Hey, score.
1: That's what you need to do. And Lucas had a pitch in the Spencer Torkelson bet where subsequently Spencer hit a RBI single, the only earn run he gave up, where he pitched the second pitch and it was a strike. It was pretty much exactly where eventually with the Elvis Andres pitch was when he was facing um Alex Lang in the tenth inning. The ump in the tenth inning called that a strike. In Lucas' case, he called it a ball and it was obvious strike. Right. In the same spot that Alex Lang eventually threw the ball. And so the next pitch, Lucas throws an inside fastball, 93 miles per hour. Torkelson gets his hands in, gets the barrel to it, and gets an RBI single. That could have thrown him off. But he picked it up, and I think the biggest bugaboo today for Lucas was the walks. It drove up his pitch count. It frustrated him. It made for long innings for himself. That first inning, I think he threw, what, 25, 26 pitches a season, 28. A 28 pages so it's a, like a theme this week for the White Sox they've been having a really tough first innings for themselves so all he needs to do is eliminate those walks and I think all you can ask for from Lucas at this point is five innings he didn't get there today but he gave his team a chance to win and that's all you can ask for for today's game But for looking forward, Lucas has to be much better than he was today. Tigers fouled off
0: 12 of his four-seam fastballs, uh, 17 foul-offs this entire game. So just over four and two-thirds. That has to be extremely frustrating for Lucas. Um, And again, just going back on the White Sox need to score runs. They have four losses this year against the Tigers. They lost 7-5 to back on July 8th. Then they, on uh, opening day, they lost 5-4. to four. Then on the 7th, it was the Dylan Cease game against uh, Bo Brisket or whatever the hell that guy's name was. They lost 2-1, to one, and then today they lose 3-2. to two. So uh, very, very close games when they do lose to the Tigers. Um, just not able to put them away, put that final nail in the coffin. Um, and that, you know, you look back, and if the White Sox – you know, three games back of the, the Guardians. Well, what if you won those games? And you know, it's play a lot of what ifs uh, when you don't have a
1: postseason. By the end of this weekend, we say that the only two losses at home for the Whites are, are on the road in Detroit were two walk off losses where we could have won those games, and that means that they won the last two games of this series and are looking to face Detroit or the Cleveland Guardians on Tuesday. And I hope the Minnesota Twins show up. That'll be great. We'll see you guys on Sunday at 1030 for the pregame of the
0: White Sox and Tigers. It's Michael Kopech versus Drew Hutchison. Uh, We're off tomorrow. That's Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at actor 23. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for producing our show. Thank you to everybody hanging out with us on this Friday night. Dave, Matthew, Oz, Chi-Town fanboy, David, uh, Raul, uh, all you guys for hanging out. We appreciate you. Um, Four times Sox math champion. Just want to brag one more time. Uh, thank you to Fleetwood Mac for your 1979 album Tusk. We will talk to you on Sunday. Go Sox.